Welcome, and may the Lord be with you. We are excited to have you with us today as we listen to this week's sermon from Blue Ridge Anglican Mission in Hendersonville, North Carolina. Let's listen in. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Our world is so filled with anxiety and worry. Think about it. So many things keep us on edge, and we are faced with so many things to worry about. Whether it's our finances or our health or our relationships, our family, our friends. Watch the news. And you'll see that the news is actually made nowadays to incite even more anxiety and to play on our anxieties. How can we take care of our expenses? Will we have enough? When will I ever defeat this health battle? Will things ever get better with my family? These things weigh heavy on our minds and our lives. On top of that, we live in a pace of life now that everything is hurry, 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 which then induces even more anxiety. Personally, I started dealing with anxiety when I was around 15, 16. My mom had gotten sick with lupus, went to the hospital in uh, January of uh, 1996, and that began my path of dealing with anxiety. And I remember the first time that I had an anxiety attack. I was at a little convenience store in my hometown, just right down the street from my high school. And I would stop there every morning to, to get my normal uh, either breakfast or uh, back then my, my, uh, my drug of choice was certs. I don't even know if they make certs anymore, but I, I love certs. Uh, and so I would have that because you had to have good breath. When you're in high school and you're trying to get girls, you had to have good breath. So I'd have certs and lifesavers and all that good stuff, and big red. And I remember being in Quick Check and having that first anxiety attack. Now, I didn't know it was an anxiety attack. I thought I was dying. I thought I was having a heart attack. Uh, my, my dad had had an open-heart surgery uh, years before. He had had health issues. I wasn't exactly... Uh, uh, the skinniest of all people. I had a little bit of weight on me, so I just knew I was having a heart attack. And so what do you do when you're having a heart attack and you're by yourself? You have somebody take you to the hospital. And they said, you're not having a heart attack. They ran all the tests, and they said, you have had an anxiety attack. I said, okay, what is that? And from that point on, I had multiple multiple anxiety attacks. I remember multiple, multiple times going to uh, different doctors thinking I was having a heart attack for multiple reasons, and it kept being just an anxiety attack Uh, to the point that, uh, you know, I ended up having a uh, heart uh, stress test done several years ago, and they said, actually, we're really surprised by this, but (laughs) your heart's in great shape. I mean, to be the size that you are, I'm like, oh, thanks, I think. And the truth is, I'd been a little while without having anxiety attacks. And if you've never had an anxiety attack, it feels like you're having a heart attack. You can't breathe. There's an elephant sitting on your chest, and you're just in pain. To God be the glory, I had gone many years without having an anxiety attack here lately. But over the last several months, I've started having them again, and not just now and again, but a couple times a month, or a couple times a week, rather. 
So when I talk about anxiety, or when I talk about worry, it's not a hypothetical exercise for me. Even in my own family, I have people who experience great amounts of anxiety. And so what I must personally do is to remind myself that anxiety, by its very nature, is the overwhelming of doubt. Think about it. When we believe, when we have faith, when we know that God's going to take care of us, then we don't have anxiety because we trust in the one who says that we can fully trust and depend on him. But but when we lack faith, when we doubt God's love, when we doubt that God cares, then we are filled with doubt that blows up into full anxiety and worry and fear. Anxiety and worry shifts our focus away from the sufficiency of Christ to our insufficiency. It's a reorienting our focus from faith to doubt. From the known to the unknown. Now, Christ knows that we deal with anxiety, not, not least of all because he is sovereign. He knows all things. But he knows that we deal with it in a way that he talked about it. He spoke to it. And in our passage this morning in St. Matthew chapter 6, Jesus talks about it. And what he tells us to do is, now get this, he says, do not be anxious. We see three times in this passage that Jesus tells us not to be anxious. In verse 25, he says, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. Verse 31, therefore do not be anxious. Verse 34, therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow. So over the course of nine verses, Jesus says three times, do not be anxious. It's it's not a suggestion. It's not a uh, cliche. It's not words he's saying just for the uh, fun of it. It's something that we should take very serious. If he says it three times in those nine verses, maybe we should pay attention. Maybe we should, maybe we should listen. Maybe we should obey. Jesus knows that we deal with great anxiety and knows that anxiety steals our joy. It robs us of our joy today by looking at the possible and impossibles of tomorrow. And if we're so focused on what could happen or what could never happen, we miss the definitive. And that's Jesus Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Our lives become so focused on worry and the what-if game that we miss out on the joy of today. Now, you know what I mean, Peyton, when I say the what-if game? You ever played that? 
It's when you get so worked up about things, Callan, that you begin saying, well, oh no, what if, what if I don't make a good grade on that quiz? And what if my, my, my Kindle breaks? Or what if I, I, I lose my job? Or what if, you start saying what if to everything. And you start getting worried and more anxious and more anxious. Anxiety takes our focus away from God. I don't have any kind of creative way to tell you that. I don't have some deep theological way to describe that than to say that anxiety takes our focus away from God. Anxiety is a thief as it robs you of your faith and hope and it gets you to focus on things that you can't control and things you shouldn't focus on. But, okay, I I hear you, Jesus. Don't be anxious. But, but, why should I not be anxious? It's easy to say, don't be anxious, but there's a reason we shouldn't be anxious? Is, that, is there something that you can say, don't be anxious because of? There is. And Jesus tells us. He says, don't be anxious and never forget that God cares for you. We can fight the anxieties of today with great confidence. Why? Because God loves us and he cares for us. Now, sometimes that's easier to say than actually believe it and let that truth grip us. But just because it's not easy to grasp doesn't mean it's not true. Because it is. And in this passage, Jesus actually gives us a couple different analogies to help us understand that God cares for us. The first one he uses is, I love it, it's birds. I used to love, I used to have my desk sitting in my office where I could look out and I could see the birds. love birds. Uh, I love watching them eat. I love cardinals. I love all the birds. In this passage, Jesus says, look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? You see, birds live their life without any care. Birds live their life without any worry. They don't, they don't worry about where their next meal is going to come from. They don't worry about where they're going to build their next nest. You know why? Because our Heavenly Father takes care of them. That's what Jesus says. Our Heavenly Father feeds them and takes care of that. He makes sure that they have all their needs met. And then Jesus asks, Are you not of more value than they? Look, they're birds. They're God's creation. I love them. They're great. But are you not more of more value than they? Meaning that these little birds, these animals, are completely taken care of 100%, and they don't prepare or work for what they have. And our Father completely takes care of them. So we, we who are made in God's image, we who are the Imago Dei, will be taken care of because God loves us and God cares for us and he will take care of us. And then Jesus uses a second analogy. He, he uses an analogy talking about lilies and grass. He, he says, consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. 
But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? Here Jesus points out the beauty of the lilies and of all their glory. He points out that God has clothed the field and that grass is temporal. It's here today and tomorrow it's being burned in the oven. How much more will your father clothe you? Why do you worry? Why do you worry about temporal things? Your father in heaven will take so much more care of you than the lilies, than the birds. We can fight anxiety and worry. Why? Because God cares for us. We don't have to wonder if we are being taken care of. God is taking care of us. We don't have to concern ourselves with whether it matters to God or whether God knows. He does, and it does matter to him, and he does care. Okay, I'm, I'm with you so far. Let me just track what you're saying, Jesus. You're saying, don't worry. Okay, but why? You're saying, don't worry because God loves you and he cares for you. He takes care of the birds and the lilies and the field. He's going to take care of you much more. Okay, that's why. But... But what should I be doing? I have this anxiety. I have this worry. I'm worried about all these different things. What should I do instead? Well, Jesus tells us. He says, don't worry because God loves you, but instead seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So instead of allowing doubt to turn into anxiety, instead of allowing fear to consume you, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. What's this saying? Well, it's saying make God your priority. Set your focus completely on him. Take your mind off the here and now and put it on God. Jesus is saying the same thing that Paul says in Colossians 3 where he says, If you then have been raised with Christ... Seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. Where is your mind today? What things are you focusing on? Are you focusing on Christ? Are you setting your mind on things above? I'm reminded of the story in 1 Kings where Solomon is sleeping, and God comes to Solomon, and he, uh, he says, Solomon, what do you want? Ask me, what, ask me, and I'll give. And I'm, I'm paraphrasing. This is the Drew Darnell paraphrase version. And, and so God come, the Lord comes to him and says, tell me what you want. <clears throat> and Solomon has been, now, I don't know about you guys, but my favorite, one of my favorite movies growing up was Aladdin. One of my favorite things growing up was the idea that I could have a genie in a bottle, you know, because then you start going through this this mindset of saying, uh, you know, I could wish for three things. What would I wish for, right? You know, obviously, we all know the first thing you wish for is unlimited amount of wishes, right? We're all in agreement on that? Okay. So then as I got older, it's now the lottery. <laughs> what would I do with $100 million? The Lord comes to Solomon. He says, Solomon, what would you ask of me? And Solomon says, Lord, you've been good to my father, David. You've made him him your servant. And now I, I am that. And so here's what I would ask, is that the honor of leading your people is so great, the privilege is so mighty, that I would just ask 
that you would allow me to be wise. Allow me to know good from evil. Allow me to be able to rule your people because God, ruling your people is so mighty and so amazing. I just want to do it in the best way that's the most honoring way. That's his wish. Not wish, that's what he asked of the Lord. Do you know what the Lord gave Solomon? He said, I will give you that. But I will also, because you didn't ask for all the riches of the world, I will give you all the riches. Now, the interesting thing there is not that if you seek first God and then ask for riches, he'll give you riches. That's not the interesting thing, because that's not true. The interesting thing there is that what did Solomon do? Solomon sought first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all those other things were added. That's what we're called to today. Where is your mind? You see, too often we get so distracted in life. We get so focused on everything that we focus on nothing. We just go from one thing to another, right? I mean, that's what I'm doing this past week and a half, getting ready for today's sermon, getting ready for preaching on Friday at the Clericus, getting ready for preaching on Sunday when I get back, getting all my homework done for my class I'm taking this, getting prepared for that. I'm just going from one thing to plus I work full time. So I'm doing all these things. I'm going from one thing to another. How, how do I have time? Where do I have time to focus on God? So we either are so focused on everything that we focus on nothing or we get so focused on the details and the nuance of life that we don't focus. And we get so stuck in the details that it induces or creates so much stress and anxiety and worry and doubt. But what Christ calls us to is a reorientation. It's a refocus. Reorientation. So orientation is the way that you're facing. What Christ calls us to is to reorient and face another way. And that reorientation is to orient ourselves to him, to the kingdom of God and to his righteousness. And then he says that all these things will be added to you. When you do that, all these things, food, drink, clothing, all the needs of your life will be taken care of. But stop worrying. Stop being full of fear for tomorrow. Focus on God's kingdom today. Focus on God's righteousness right now. Focus on God. Anxiety has no good use in our life. Worry has no purpose. Jesus even asked, who that has had anxiety has been able to add an hour to their life? He said, you've had anxiety? Have you been able to add more time to your life? No, I didn't think so. Actually, what anxiety does is it, it sucks away the hours of our life. The truth is, is that we will probably deal with anxieties for the rest of our life. We live in a fallen world. This world is broken. We are fallen people, and we will battle against the flesh till the day that we die. So we will battle anxiety. But knowing that God cares for you and seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness is what we are called to do, but that is not a one-time thing. Sometimes we think we can just do something one time. Okay, I'm going to seek God, God's kingdom and his righteousness. I'm good to go. No, it's a constant seeking out. It's a constant pursuing of God every single day, every single moment of our 
lives. Now, does this mean that there are not physical factors to anxiety? Is it all just about not trusting God? Well, of course not. There's, there's physical things because we are fallen people and we live in a fallen world. There are physical things that can make us anxious. Does it mean that we shouldn't do other things to fight anxiety, like take medicine or uh, uh, go exercise more, find less stressful things to get involved in? Of course not. It, of course we should do those kinds of things. But what it does mean is that by remembering that God cares for you and pursuing him with all that you have, we are establishing the foundation for belief and hope and faith. And then by doing that, we are reorienting our lives to Christ. Where in your life do you deal with anxiety? I'll tell you where I deal with anxiety. I, I have two kids. Uh, it seems like to me since the day they were born, my life has been nothing but worry for them. Worry that I'm being a good father because I didn't necessarily have a great father. I didn't, have a, I didn't have that male role model that says, this is what a father looks like. This is what a man does. So I want to make sure that I, I worry for Peyton, that he grows to be the strong disciple that he, he can be, and that he can grow to love God with all of his heart, all of his mind, and all of his soul. And I pray for, I worry about Callan and, and make sure that he's going to be all that God wants him to be. And even a year ago, was it a year ago? Two years ago, Risa had, had an incident where uh, we thought she had a stroke, and she ended up in the hospital for a couple days. We all carry this worry in our lives. Where in your life are you dealing with that? And what areas of your life are you hanging on when you should be letting, letting go? How can you start focusing on Christ more today, this very minute? Do not be anxious because God cares for and loves you. Instead, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy, to the only wise God our Savior be glory and majesty, dominion and power both now and ever. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon from Blue Ridge Anglican Mission. We are a parish of the Orthodox Anglican Church that is situated in the beautiful mountains of Hendersonville, North Carolina. If you want to learn more, check us out at blueridgemission.org. Now, let us go in peace to love and serve the Lord.